0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily
1: and I'm Ashley
0: and today we have a really awesome interview Uh, but before we get to that we wanted to take a moment to do one of our favorite segments uh, pop culture mental health moment of the week. Everyone and their mother on every medium is talking about the Will Smith drama I thought we would highlight was kind of being overlooked about the Oscars is the fact that a movie about um, child of deaf parents and she's the only one in her family that is hearing. And so it's about the expectations she has to help the family and she really is passionate about music but she's torn between pursuing music career and letting down or abandoning her family. And so it's, it's really awesome that a movie about deaf individuals won best picture. And so I want to take a moment to highlight that since everyone is talking about the Will Smith Chris Rock drama.
1: Mm -hmm. I think I actually haven't seen the movie M, but I definitely want to see it now. I think it's streaming on Apple TV.
0: So that's – yeah, that's actually where the movie um, came out, I believe. And they okay. put it back into theaters or – like it's it's we're streaming from Apple and they put it back into theaters after it won Best Picture. So, yeah, I think you can watch it on Apple TV. But, yeah, I just think outside of the fact that it's about deaf individuals, which is awesome because I feel like there's not a lot of representation in media for deaf individuals. It's also about, like, managing familial – expectations, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, so definitely check it out.
1: Mm -hmm, I agree, and I remember I took a class in college. It was one of my language requirements. It was a class about the ASL community, and it's so much more nuanced than you would ever know about, so I learned a lot within that class, so I'm definitely excited to watch this movie because, like you said, I feel like the deaf community is really underrepresented, especially in media, Mm I mean, how many TV shows or movies could you name that has even one deaf character? Like I can't think of anything off the top of my head currently out of the, you know, mainstream content that I consume.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, good good job to the I mean, obviously that it won because it's a great movie, but good job to the Oscars for recognizing recognizing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And today we have a really fun interview with Kayla Moran. She is a law student at the University of Tennessee, and we go over everything from changing your path up in the middle of grad school, deciding what you want to do, kind of going against the status quo, uh, being an influencer, helping other influencers, carving your own path in the world of law, and just a lot of other great stuff. So. Go ahead and get settled and we will get into it. Kayla Moran here with us. She's the host of the Let's Get Candid podcast. We actually connected over um, Kinsey Elizabeth's like, Geneva group chat. If any of you are familiar with the YouTuber Kinsey Elizabeth, um, she's awesome. She's somebody that I'm sure Kayla watches as well. I really got into her vlogs like a year or two ago. So um she is, you're currently in your third year of law school at the University of Tennessee, right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk to you about, like, all things law school, starting your podcast, and, like, being vulnerable on social media. So, can you kind of tell us your background about um, how you got started in law school? Did you know that you wanted to do that when you were an undergrad?
2: Yeah, so... I'm one of those annoying people who kind of always knew that they were going to go to law school, um, but it it was a decision that was reinforced multiple times, like in growing up. So my dad's a marine. I grew up watching military movies, like law movies, history movies, and I was like, and I got told my whole life, like, you're really good at arguing. You're very argumentative. You would be a good lawyer. And I remember my grandma one time. So, I'm Hispanic. Both sides of my family are Hispanic from Latin America. Spanish is my first language. And I remember one time my grandma telling me, you know, you have to marry a rich lawyer. And I was like, abuela, I'm not going to marry a rich lawyer. I'm going to be the rich lawyer. Like, why am I going to marry one? I can be the lawyer. So, it was like from very young, just like a lot of different people were telling me these things. Like, I'm going to be a lawyer. That's it. Like, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to make a lot of money. And then high school, I kind of figured out what that actually entails, and I was like, oh, okay, Like, I still want this. I'm gonna go to college, study political science so I can go to law school. And then once I was in college, I discovered that there was a legal studies major, and so I made poli-sci my minor. I was a legal studies major, which in hindsight, I wish I would've done a more fun major because now I know that you can go to law school with any major, you can literally do anything, go to law school, Um, but I didn't know any better. My parents didn't know any better. I was the first to go to college, the first generation American, you know, I was figuring out with them along for the ride. So yeah, in high school in college I studied legal studies and I graduated a semester early and then I worked for six months at a law firm while I was applying for law school. I took the LSAT twice, got in, picked the University of Tennessee because they gave me the most money and then I decided to go to law school and move to Tennessee for law school. And now I graduate in like 55 days, which is really wild. Um, but I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> I started off, I, when I was really little, I, you know, my dad was in the military. So I, or he, he was a Marine in Gulf War I. Um, So I grew up watching all those movies and I was like, oh, I'm going to do Jack. I'm going to be a lawyer in the military. And um, then I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Like women in the military, like I, I like fashion, I like makeup, I like all these things, like if I have to wear a uniform every day, I don't get to express myself, and then, and I don't think I ever really vocalized that to anyone, I was just like my internal thought process, and then while I was in school, like, you know, high school, and I was a dancer my entire life, and I was just really into fashion, beauty, like, blogs, YouTube, that kind of thing growing up, I was like, maybe I can work for, like, Coca-Cola or Target or, like, one of these lifestyle companies and be in-house counsel for them. So that's really the first thing I was like, okay, I'm, well, that's what I want to be a lawyer. I want to do in-house counsel work. And, but I didn't know what that actually meant. Like now I know what that means. And it is still what I thought I wanted to do at the time, but like I didn't know. And then I came to law school and law school is a really good way of making it seem like you, not making it seem like they want you to have no life outside of law school. They want law school to be your entire life. And there's really, truly, like, you have to make time for anything else. Like, for example, right now, what I should be doing is reading for class tomorrow, but I'm here, and I'd rather be doing this. But, like, that's me prioritizing something else. And, like, Mm -hmm. you have to make that conscious decision. Like, I slept in this morning. I should have been cleaning my apartment and, like, doing laundry so I don't have to do it during the week. Like, there's just, like, things like that. I mean, that's any adult, really, but in law school, like especially the first year the third year it's a lot more lenient but the first year there's no time outside of school for anything like that that's your whole life um and it kind of has to be and it's that adjustment period and and I'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah when I came in everyone was talking about big law big law was the big thing you have to get the right grades you have to go to work at these big law firms and make a hundred and plus k your first year and you're working a hundred hours a week and you're part of the machine and you're just you know, big law is the way to go. And it it was very enticing. Like you hear that you're like, oh, like, I want to make that much money. Like, I want to be a part of the bar associations and like all these events and stuff. And like, I want to make that money. And I, you know, want to live in the big city, which here is Nashville. And I was like, I'm from Miami, Florida, I thought I wanted to live in Nashville or Charlotte or DC. So that's another reason why I chose Tennessee. But and I have a whole blog post on how I chose my school, if you want to check that out. Um, and I talk more about that on my podcast as well. But yeah, so I I got really like enticed by Nashville and the big city and making all this money. And then I realized that's not me. That's not actually what I want. And my mental health took a really big hit. I've always struggled with mental health since I was 12 And I've been in and out of therapy, but it wasn't until October of my first year. So October, 2019, that I had been in a toxic relationship the year before. I never healed from it. I ended it. I got out. Thankfully, right when I did was I, I graduated from college and I moved home. And like, that's literally how I got out of it. Um, And I'm very grateful that it didn't turn physically abusive, but it easily could have. And it was going down that road. And, but I never dealt with it. I just put it in a box. I moved and I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I have life. I have all these things I got to do. I don't have time for this. And it wasn't until I started dating someone in law school who is now one of my best friends that I realized like, something's not right here. Something's wrong with me. And I, this time I wanted to get help because it took an outside person who didn't really know me all that well. I'd known him for two months and he looks at me one day he's walking me home. I'm crying. And he looks at me. He was like, I can't do this. Like I can't be with someone like this, but I love you and you need therapy. And I was like, oh, like, okay. Like he does love me. He wants me to be good. He just can't be with me right now. And I I knew right there, I was like, that's it. Like we're just friends forever. Like that's all it's ever going to be. But something in me clicked that like, okay, like if I'm ever going to be in a relationship with someone, if I'm ever going to, healthy in in a healthy relationship and heal, I need to go to therapy. And for some reason that time I was like, all right, I'm, I want to go to therapy. And I, I, you know, I, it wasn't like someone telling me to do it. It was like, I wanted it. And that set off a trigger effect. It was not trigger, like a domino effect. Like it was like all these things started happening and my mental health took a hit and I did not do well on my first semester finals, which Newsflash, your job at the end of graduation is highly dependent on that first semester of grades. That's insane. It's bullshit. It's Mm -hmm. stupid. And I'm I'm an adamant opponent of that. And I'm I'm very vocal about grades don't mean anything and grades shouldn't mean everything and grades are arbitrary. And that's kind of where it started. I was like, there's more to me than being a law student. There's more to me than being a lawyer. I'm a person. I have feelings, I have emotions, I have passions, I have hobbies, and I'm putting all of my energy into this one thing that is literally killing me. My mental health is in the toilet. I am doing so bad in school because I'm crying every day. I'm crying in class. Like people wouldn't notice, but I was full on crying in class and silently screaming for help, but I didn't know how to ask for it. And it was like all these different things. And I realized like law school isn't for me that working hundred plus hours a week yeah, I'm making all this money, but then I can't enjoy the money. I don't have any free time. I don't have a personal life. I'm not taking care of myself. What happens to, like, I quit dancing because my mental health was so bad. And I, what's one of my biggest regrets in life is I quit dancing at 16 and I was dancing all the way through high, all the end of high school at school. Cause I was in the magnet dance program, but like at a studio, I stopped going at 16 and I wish I hadn't, I had one, two more years left and like now I looking back, I, dance was my outlet. I miss it so much, but it was like, I want to get back into dance. I have other things like, but I don't have time to do them in law school. Like, does, is this life really what I want? And so that first semester winter break was like really eye opening for me. And I, I told my parents, I was like, I don't think law school is for me. Like, I think I'm going to leave. And they're like, okay, but what are you going to do after? If you're not going to stay in school, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I don't not ready to be out in the real world yet. Like I'm not that I couldn't have a job. I had plenty of internships. I had plenty of opportunities that wasn't it. And I'm very grateful for them, but I didn't want to, I just didn't want to be a part of any machine at that point is when I realized like the corporate America grind, is not really for me? I'm the type of person that's going to value my mental health and me as a person over my career, my career is important, but it's not my whole life. Like America has a very much a live to work culture And I'd rather work to live than live to work. And I just realized very early on, I was like, nope. So I went back to school, then two and a half months in the pandemic hit. And that was like the best blessing that could have ever happened, like blessing in disguise. And I know that's not, not everyone can say that, but that was my experience. I got to go home in March and really reevaluate my life. We were on school on Zoom. So I was like, I have a lot more free time. and I was like, okay, like, What do I want? What do I like? And I was already creating content on social media like very like randomly. I had a blog sharing my life my lifestyle and my lossful experience, my trips, that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna lean into this. Like I really enjoy this. And yeah, I really fell in love with content creation and social media. And I didn't really work with any brands until 2021. So it wasn't a whole year later that I really started working with brands, but I was like, I like this. Like I don't want to ever be an influencer full time, but like maybe I can do this and be a lawyer on the side and like this will fulfill me where my job won't, but the money that I make at my job will allow me to do this. So Mm -hmm. that was like originally what I thought. And then, yeah, grades didn't get any better because we went online. So we went past fail. So my grades didn't improve. And then my second year, again, I struggled. Like, do I still want to be here? Like, I I, I was really struggling all of 2020 with, do I want to be in law school? Is this the right thing for me? And ultimately, I decided to stay because I realized that, like I said, like being a lawyer will allow me to have money and resources to do other things, to pursue other passions, but I don't have to be a lawyer forever. And that's a really common theme. A lot of lawyers... Within the five to eight year mark from practicing, like once they're practicing law, they'll leave the profession because they're so disillusioned by it, whether it's mental health or they're starting families and they're, you know, maternity leave, the women can't get jobs again, like which is a whole other issue in the profession. But, and also something we can talk about too, because pertinent to this podcast, the legal profession has the highest suicide and drug and substance abuse rate of any of the professional degrees of any profession. The lawyers have the worst because they get highly dependent on drugs and alcohol in law school to sustain themselves. And then they can't get out of that once they're in practice. And if it doesn't happen in law school, it's gonna not gonna, it may happen in practice. And so I'm, you know, and suicide is like, we have the highest suicide rate. And they literally tell you that within the first few weeks of school, at orientation. And it was just like really eye opening. I was like, I've already struggled with mental health. Like I know what it's like to be suicidal. Do I really want to do this to myself? And that was why I was so like, is this really for me? Is this really for me? And so second semester winter, second winter break. So second year, second, going into my second semester. So I was at the halfway mark. When I tell you that I hit the halfway mark and I was like, okay, like I can do this like I hit the halfway mark like I'm still here I'm still kicking I'm pretty sure none of my classmates expected me to still be here um I didn't expect myself to still be here there were times where I didn't even want to be on this planet anymore but like if it wasn't for that one classmate my one of my best friends who told me you need to go to therapy being like my person throughout law school him and some and one of my mentors I wouldn't have gotten through law school. I wouldn't have gotten through that first year and a half, especially, but definitely like I could say about the whole thing and I'm about to graduate. Like I would not be able to get it through without them and just your support system. But that's something I really didn't have. I've had to build that throughout my time here. And that's a whole nother layer of things, but yeah, once second semester hit, I was, it was my, it was January, 2021. I was a clinic student. So I was a student attorney so um, I was sworn in under the Supreme Court of Tennessee to practice and under my professing my supervising professor. So I had clients and I was a lawyer. And my professor asked me, what kind of law do you, what kind of clients do you want? What kind of work do you want to do? Within this clinic, I was in the small business clinic. Essentially, we call it the community economic development clinic at my school. And I was like, something with social media, IP law, like intellectual property, business entity formation, because something I was, I had started to work with brands very, very like not paid, but I was like, it can get there. So like, I should probably think about having an LLC. So that was me personally, I had taken business associations, which is where we learn about corporations and LLCs and partnerships, like the legal side of it, the structure. And I was like, so like, my brain was starting to like, put all the pieces together. And I was like, okay, like, Like this can be a business, and like I want to make this a business on the side from being a lawyer. So I want to practice law within that, and market myself as a lawyer who does this these services, and maybe have clients on the side from my like day job at a law firm. So at this point, I was still like, I'm gonna do law at a law firm, probably real estate law. That was kind of where I went with it. Afterwards, I was like, I don't want to do litigation. Don't want to be in a courtroom. Rather do transactional law. I'm from Miami. I like real estate. I've always wanted to invest in real estate. It's a big market. I want to end up back in Florida. Wasn't sure where I was going to end up there, but like I at some point I knew in 10, 15 years I was going to end back in Florida. So like real estate law is probably like a good place. So again, pieces all being put together and he handed me clients that I got to do trademark work. He and he was like and he he he, he saw me fall in love with it. And he was like, "You have to write a paper for graduation." Like for, to graduate, we had to write an expository, like a, a thesis, essentially a dissertation. Um, and he was like, what do you want to write it on? Like, do you do you like to do it on this? Like you can make your own topic and we, the school has to approve it, but like we could draft it in a way that the school will approve the proposal. And I was like, "Uh, yes. Um, I was like, it gives me credibility in a field that I, that doesn't exist. This is new. It's emerging. Like no one's doing this yet. So like, uh, Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for him, I would not be where I'm at today. Cause that was really, it was a year ago from now, like February, January, February, last year, when I realized like, I can be a lawyer in social media and the influencer marketing industry. Like there's so many legal issues within it that people don't even know about the intellectual property, trademarks, copyrights, usage rights, licensing um, whitelisting, like all of those things, like contracts, contract review, people don't know how to read contracts and they're signing contracts that they don't know what the word perpetuity means. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. And I was like, okay, like I I can do this. And that that's kind of how the evolution of what I want to do with my law degree has come from. And around this time last year, there was a symposium, That one of my friends at a different law school hosted on Zoom. Thankfully, I was able to attend last year. This year, I couldn't attend because it was in person. Um, And she had one panel about influencer marketing law. And I was like, it was the Sports, Entertainment, and Fashion Association. And I was like, there's influencer marketing on Like, hi, can I, like, I was like, Maddie, like, can I, like, I know I don't go to FIU, but like, can I come? And she's like, yeah, it's on Zoom. Like, just join. And I was like, thank God. Like, I did. I met someone there at that panel that is most likely going to be my boss once I graduate and she has become one of my mentors and one of my really good friends and she is an influencer lawyer she actually left employment law at a big law firm in Alabama in Birmingham to pursue this full time and it was her and my professor that made me finally realize or not finally but like really realize okay, like, I'm not crazy for wanting to combine my passion for law and social media. Like, I can do this and someone's doing it. Like, I need to know this person. And I remember going back to my professor and I was like, Eric, like, I need to talk to you. And he was like, yeah, come to my office. Like, you, you know where I am. And I was like, no, no. Like, I, like, I, I think I found like some, like what I want to do. He was like, did you reach out to her? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay. And? and I was like, she hasn't answered. He's like, reach out again. And I was like, I know I did. I'm waiting for an answer. And she finally answered. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. And yeah, it's been a year of now really just cementing that idea. And the more I learn about it, the more research I do, the more involved I get as a creator myself, the more I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do with my degree.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for like being vulnerable with us and telling us your whole story Um, I think that's something that both Emily and I can really relate to, especially like our first year out of college and Emily was going into grad school shortly after that. And I was in a corporate job that I just hated that I thought, you know, I have to do this because that's what everybody that graduates from our business school does. And like you said, you have to just be a cog in the machine and like everybody focuses on getting X amount of money once they graduate and, it and like, that's hard.
2: okay if, it's okay if you, that's the life you want. Like, we're not, right. like, I, I always, like, disclaimer, like, I'm not saying don't, someone has to do it. And if that someone is you and you enjoy it, like, by all means, like, please do. Both my parents work in corporate America and they love it. Mm-hmm. And it's provided yeah, me the same. lifestyle that I have. Like, I would not be able to do anything that I do if my parents didn't work in corporate America. They're immigrants. Like, corporate mm-hmm. America gave me the life. Like, I, I joke this, but like, it's true. My mom works for a Visa like the credit card, Mm -hmm. Visa is my lifeline, my bloodline. Like I would not be able to do anything if it wasn't for Visa. Like we love Visa, but also like, that's not the lifestyle I want for myself. And like, we all have to go through it to realize it. Like, we can't just say like, there's a big, like, you know, entrepreneurship, like girl boss, like it's a big push right now, especially on TikTok. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you have to work a corporate nine to five to really figure out whether that's not for you. You can't just like, From college, be like, I'm gonna start my own small business. Like you can in college, build it as a side hustle, and once it's really putting in that money that you need to live, then you can leave the corporate nine to five. But like, there's skills you're gonna get in that day job that are going to help you in your entrepreneurship role. Totally. Everything I learned in law school, which hasn't been a whole lot, because I'll be honest, law school doesn't teach you a whole lot about how to be a lawyer. Teaches you how to think like a lawyer, but like. I don't know a whole lot about how to actually practice law and take on clients with the exception of like the little experience I had as a lawyer in the clinic and working at a law firm, like actual law school itself, the the academic portion of it doesn't, it teaches you how to think like a lawyer, not be a lawyer. You have to learn that in practice. And that's a big distinction that a lot of people don't really notice or realize, but like, there's a lot of skills that I've learned. Throughout my law school experience as a whole, whether it be in practice or school, like in the classroom that I take with me every single day. I'm taking a negotiations class right now. My day job, my part time job is literally negotiating brand deals for my clients, like Mm -hmm. which I was doing before I took the negotiations class. But like, so honestly, like didn't really need to take that class, but like it has helped.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it kind of gives you like that extra little background. Yeah. But I'm like the first, I mean, I've worked a couple corporate jobs. I'm five years out of college. Now I'm 27, and I am the first person that if somebody's like, I hate my job or I'm really struggling mentally, I'm like, quit, like, quit that shit, like, forget it. I'm the first person to advocate for like hating corporate America. But I totally agree. Like, you have to do it to understand, like, it's not for you. And I know some people that I worked with that loved it and like my dad worked in corporate America and like you said with your family like that gave me everything that I was able to be able to go to college myself and kind of gave me that work ethic but it's just I feel like the culture is shifting so much now in college and in corporate America as well I think especially after COVID where people are like I need more time like if I'm gonna work all these hours every week I need some time to do things that I'm going to enjoy and it's almost scary to kind of take your own path and admit that and be able to say like for you for example you're like I want to do this different type of law that probably 99% of people at your law school aren't pursuing they're going to go to the big law we can talk about that right we can talk about how
2: they their reaction and yeah that's a whole (laughs) another layer of why I'm so ready to graduate but Uh no it's true and like with corporate America too like I mean, like I said, someone's got to do it, but also with COVID, I see it because my mom is hiring. She, she's a manager now. She has she has managers under her and she has a whole team under her. So I've seen her, her evolution within corporate America throughout my life and they're changing. The way that they operate is changing because of COVID and uh, allowing for people to take time with their families and themselves and paternity leave and maternity leave and, you know, yeah, the the corporate culture is changing, so it's not as bad as it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's still not for everyone, and, but you and- need to dis- you need to go through it first. You can't just say like you're not going to do it. Like I'm I'm not 100 percent closing the door to working at a law firm. It's just has to be very particular types because of all the other things I want to do. I can't do those things if I'm at a law firm that is requiring me to do a certain amount of hours and a certain amount of work. And yeah. there's certain guidelines and, like, ethical rules. And, like, there's a lot of moving parts to it. But it's not for everyone. But, like, yeah, I think you need to go through it to discover that it's not for you.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I've never worked in corporate America because I um, I took a gap year and I nannied. So, obviously, not corporate America. And then I went to uh, grad school and now I work at a small private practice and, uh, like, some therapy services can be kind of corporate, like if you go to like treatment centers and whatnot. But I knew that like a nine to five sitting at my desk looks staring at a computer, which is kind of what I do now because of telehealth, but it was just wasn't for me. Um, but it really is. I, I have a lot of clients who are in law school because I, the law school and the op- my office are really close. So I get a lot of um, law students in like all different years. And it's really interesting just to see how much their mental health is affected by the pressure of law school and like the amount of work in law school and I feel like silly preaching self care at them because it's not going to solve their problems yes it's important but it's not going to solve the issue of having zero time for yourself and so I think it's really awesome that you are you have a podcast and you're out there talking about like um, the importance of doing that even if it means you can't get straight A's like I think that's that's great because I think you know If any people are listening that are in law school, which I'm sure they are, it's I hope that they're hearing this and being like, yeah, like maybe maybe I don't need to, you know, study for 20 hours a day.
2: Yeah. So with that, like so with the pressure part, the reason there is so much pressure is, like I said, your grads, your post-graduation job can be can be not always, but it can be, especially if you go the big law route highly dependent on your first semester grades because when you go into on-campus interviews in January and fifth, my my voice, in January and (laughs) February of your 1L year and in August of your 2L year, the only grades they have to look at are those first one to two semester grades. So your first year is really important. If that is the route you want to go, if you want to go work in a big law firm the jobs in those companies and those firms are 90 percent they come through ocis on campus interviews and or connections and i preach the importance of networking and connection building on all of my platforms and i actually started a consulting company to help people with that shameless plug but anyway (laughs) no that's um like it is it is highly dependent on those grades but if you know that that's not the route you want to go on, like I did, I didn't put a lot of emphasis on those. I applied to them if I was interested in the firm. I got one. Actually, I got two. Both of them liked me, but I didn't get an offer. And that's okay. But they gave me really great advice. And one of them, actually, he, I, put, I had a blog on my resume. I highly recommend if you are a blogger, creator, whatever, put it on your resume. It takes up a big part of your life. That's And it's giving you skills big time. So put that on your resume. Don't be shy. Um, But yeah, he was like, oh, like you have a blog. What do you blog about? And I was like, actually, my last blog post was about OCI's and like how to mentally prepare for OCI's and and navigate them knowing that you might not get jobs when other people will. And like, that's scary. But like, we don't have to be envious or jealous, like that kind of thing. He's like, oh, like- interesting. Like, can you send me the link? I would love to read it. I was like, sure. Like, it's here you go. Like, and he reads my blog every once in a while. Like he'll literally now couple years later. will, Hey kiddo, I liked your blog post. Like, how's it going? (laughs) Um, we'll talk once a semester. He's actually a judge now in Shelby County in Memphis. And he wrote a letter of recommendation for my bar exam application and like connect one connections, but to like Show people who you really are because they, at the end of the day, being at the top of your class, whether it's law, med school, whatever, even college, even high school. Let's be honest. Who would they rather work with when it's 2 a.m. and there's a big case? Using law as an example, there's a really big case going on. You're at the office at 2 a.m. on a Friday because you have trial on Monday morning. You're hungry. Your stomach's been growling. Your guys, Someone's like, let's go get pizza. Would they rather... Be with the person who's like, yeah, let's go get pizza and shoot the shit, have a beer, and then come back to the office and keep working. Or you're like, no, I can't. I'm a robot, and like, I have to keep working. Like, I can't move. And it's like, I'm sorry, but who would they rather work with? Probably the one who's gonna be like, let's go have fun for like an hour. Won't kill us, you know. Mm-hmm. If we have to work on Sunday night, you know what? It' not a big deal. We got a break. And you're fun. You're fun to work with and deal with at the office all day long, yeah. because you spend a third of your life at work. So you want to enjoy the people you work with and sadly a lot of people that are at the top of our class are people that are so focused on school that they're not the most social they're not the most fun people to be out with and you know last night I was at barrister's ball law school prom is what we we call law school prom but it's really barrister's ball because barrister's is another word for lawyers um via the English system but a lot of the people that are there are the same people you see out every weekend. It's like, we know each other. A few people that are like the really smart top of the classic don't really go out ever. We're there. And it's like, you're actually fun. Like why did we not hang out ever? And it's like, they don't, they're so focused on school. They don't go out to have fun. And like, I'm the, we're, I'm a part of the group of people that's like every Thursday night we have a social, we're going out to the bars. Usually on Saturday after game day, we're going out and we would stay out till 2am every night. And like, dancing, having a good time and like just having blowing off steam because you need to have fun while you're in it too. Like it's work. Like this is law school is not, it's more than a nine to five. It's a a full-time job, but you need to have fun too. And like a lot of times with people that are so smart that all they care about is grades, they forget to have fun. And it honestly makes them really miserable to be around. And like, I I'll tell them that to their face too. Um, and a lot of them know it and it's just, that's just how they are. They're type a overachieving personality, but like, that's not, And the reason there's so much pressure is because of those grades, but also, you know, it's, you have to read for five, six classes every single night. And it's 20, 30 pages of reading, which by the way, it takes, you think it's like 20, 30 pages. Oh, that'll take me no time at all. No, it takes hours because you have to read the case. You have to brief the case. You have to understand what's going on in the case because you're going to get called on in class and you're going to have to explain the, the case in front of the entire class, which is nerve wracking in and of itself and which no one really remembers how bad the cold call is afterwards like we all laugh and like we're like you're fine like you did great even even if they didn't do that great we're like you did fine because we know that the next one could be us and we're gonna mess up and like I get I mess up every freaking class in evidence we all do that class is a hell um it's not a big deal um but it's stressful and you know you don't get to eat as much. People either lose a lot of weight or gain a lot of weight because they're not eating or they're not exercising and your mental health and your physical health takes a toll and you have no time to hang out with your friends. You have no time if you have a partner or a family. you like children. There's people also that are married with kids. Like that gets really difficult. Don't have time to talk to your parents if you're really close to your parents, your friends like from home, from college, from sports teams growing up. Like You miss out on a lot of life if all you focus on is law school. So it's like, you have to prioritize yourself and what is important to you. And that's something that I really preach about. And like, I'm happy, Emily, that you have a lot of law school clients because it's really important to learn from the beginning, from now, because the habits we make in law school will lead to the habits that we have as lawyers. And we tend to get very stuck in our ways. The legal profession is the slowest moving profession. It's very archaic. Like the law moves quickly, but also moves really, really slowly. And I mean, we know that, which is like the legal system and how long cases get drawn out. Um, And just the way the system works is very, it's old school. And people get very set in their ways and they they really struggle to break those patterns. So it's good that from the beginning, time management, prioritizing what you want to prioritize that day, which that means maybe you're not going to read for every single class And you're going to take the L on that one. But you you know what? You needed to watch that movie to just decompress. You needed to go take that bath or go for that walk or play with the puppy for an hour. And like whatever it is, you have to make sure that you're making time for yourself. Because I think it can get really easy to lose sight of the bigger picture and the end goal. And the fact that this is temporary. It's only three years of this hell. Because the career can be just as bad, but it's like, if you make this, the, the choices now in law school, then you don't, the career doesn't have to be like law school. Like it, you can make it different and you can do other things. And also a lot of these lawyers, they're on boards, they're on community events, they're planning events, they're speaking at panels, they have families, they're doing all these things. Like, you know, law school, you have to learn to manage your time because you're going to have a lot more stuff going on. you a house you're gonna have to maintain a household you know if you want to go on trips like you're gonna have to work really hard for three weeks to go on a two week a two-day vacation but like that's a sacrifice you're gonna have to make like we need to learn these skills now in law school and law school itself doesn't really teach that and I wish they would Mm -hmm. which is why therapy is so important and I'm grateful that my school has actually started implementing mental health into the curriculum to some degree and we have an in-house in-house counselor um, but most people don't really take advantage of it. And I think as we get more into post COVID times and talking more about mental health as a society, that will shift, but it's really important that we start talking about that now, which is why my platform has become heavily about that. And people are always like, you're so vulnerable. You're so open. You're so I'm like, I don't know how to be any other way. Like that is just who I am. Like, I'm going to tell yeah. it to you straight. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like Law school has been really shitty, but like I made it, I'm here and I live to tell the story and I'm going to help you get through it too, if that's really what you want. But like, you have to decide, is that really what you want? Because it's an investment in yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. That's awesome that you're, that Tennessee started like implementing that into the curriculum and having those counselors on site. Because I remember when we were an undergrad, we went to the University of Illinois, both Emily and I. And I remember looking to see if I could get an appointment with a counselor, like a mental health counselor. And it was so hard. They were booked out for like six weeks because they had like, yeah, like (laughs) 10 on campus for like 60,000 students. So, you know, we're getting there. But have you noticed since you started being more open and vulnerable and talking about the difficulties of law school, other of your peers being like, yeah, I'm kind of miserable too. And, you know, opening up about it as well. So they do, but jokingly, I think I'm the
2: one who's the most like, honest about it. Like I'm not joking when I say it. Like I I literally would walk back so a funny story. So all twenty twenty I was seeing this guy who was a year above me and no one no one knew. Everyone knew. But like we tried really hard to make it seem like no one knew. And for a while we were successful. Then after a while, like we just we both got drunk one night and we're making out at the bar and everyone was like, Oh, knew it. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, I would go to therapy on Mondays at noon. So during my lunch break, again, you find time priority, prioritize it, yep. like you make the time. And between classes, I would go to therapy for an hour and I, it was on campus. So I would walk to the education building. That's where she was. And I would walk back to school blotchy red face, bawling my eyes out, having been crying, snot, like, running down my nose, like, the whole thing, really puffy, not cute, I would walk back into law school, walk to the bathroom, wipe my, wash my face with cold water, and, like, go back to class and act like nothing happened, and, like, obviously, like, everyone knew that I had been crying, but, like, I owned it, like, I don't wear makeup to school, like, one, don't care, not trying to impress anybody, two, like, I don't care if you saw the Pride, like, it's human, I'm, I'm a human, and whatever, um, but yeah. I remember one day I, <laughs> I was trying really hard to just get to the bathroom really fast. I don't know why that day I was like in a rush, but like, I, I guess I had been, I think, I think I know why it was that day had just been really, really rough in therapy. Like there was, this was like when I was still dealing with like the toxic relationship. Like this is very early on in the therapy process, my one all year. Um, so I walk into school and I was like, I could barely see. My eyes were completely like fogged up, blot- blotchy, like I couldn't see anything and I run into him and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, we, no, like I gotta go. We, we, we can't talk right now. And I start laughing and I was like hysterically laughing now. And I was like, but I needed that. Like I needed that shakeup to be like, okay, I'm fine. Like you're good. And he just hugged me. He was like, you're, you're doing great. Like, I'm proud of you. Like you got this. And that was it. And I was like, we have to go. People are about to start getting out of class. And like, we can't be seen together. And he was like, I know, I know. Gotta go. Bye. And like, he runs away and I just ran to the bathroom. But like, You know, I just, like, you make time for what's important to you. And also, like, the people around you who, like, they may not be going through the work themselves. He wasn't. Um, I think he has now, but he wasn't. And some of my classes started or they've, they've expressed that they would like to, but haven't found the time to. And they're prerogative. But, like, the people who really support you and love you and care about you aren't going to care. That you are doing that for yourself, um, and you know Brady. I didn't want to say names. My best friend in law school. He's the one that pushed me to go to therapy in the first place. Like I, I'm grateful for him. Like he he was the one that propelled me to go. This guy, like he was there for me during one of the darkest periods of my life with my physical health. Like I had a lot of health issues as well. And I he we had broken up the first time of many. But he he was there for me, you know. He he was my support system through it. Him, both of them, those two guys. Um, when the people, the other people around me, I, I couldn't go to. I I wouldn't feel comfortable going to them. So yeah, I think people do talk about it in law school. I think I'm the most open about it. Um, also because I'm open publicly about it, so I happen to just also talk about it at school. Um, but I mean, yeah, people talk about it, it's like. I think a lot of them use like working out as their their form of mental health. And that that works too. I just haven't really gotten back into the working out thing. Not really my thing, but I need it to be. So we're working on that. Mm-hmm. But I would not, um, I would say, yeah, we, we all are starting to be more open about it in general. But again, like the legal profession as a whole and just like mental health as a society, like it's not super talked about yet, but like little by little, we're getting there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously like your platforms only going to help people cuz I feel like the thing with therapy that I notice is like you can tell people all day every day that going to therapy will help them but the biggest thing is just to be an example and be like you know sharing your story being like I went to therapy and it's helped so much and look kind of how it's flourished in all these different parts of my life and education and Like I said, I've told people so many times, like, I think you should go to therapy. I think it would really help to talk to somebody that's not, that's not biased, that doesn't know any of your friends or family is only there to help you, but they really have to kind of get there on their own.
2: 100%. I I mean, think about it. It's like addiction or anything Mm -hmm. like they have to want to get help. And it wasn't until he told me that was the time that I was like, oh, I want to get help. Mm-hmm. He was the, yeah, the, catalyst, the catalyst, but I had to want it. And I finally, after I started going to therapy when I was 12, this was, I was 21. Like it, it took a long time. Um, I'm 24 going mm-hmm. on 25 mm-hmm. now. And like people have in the last couple months, like even my fa- my family, like I, I've recognized I've come a long way in the last three years. I am 100% a different person than I was when I started law school. I mean, we all are law school you in general and like COVID and just like life in general like I would hope in three years you've evolved but right. because I started focusing on my mental health and putting myself first for once in my life because I'm a helper I want to help people and I cared my friend would always tell me the same guy he is he truly like is one of my my people he was like why do you so badly care about what people think why do you want to belong so badly why so why do you want to so badly be friends with people who don't care about you and it's like i had this need to fit in and need to belong and need to be wanted i wanted to be wanted and and it wasn't until i really started going to therapy and i i uncovered why and I needed to go to those root causes. And it, that would not have happened had I gone to therapy. So I've come a really, really long way in three years. And yeah, sharing on my platforms is my way of, yeah, leading by example. I'm showing you that it works, that it helps, that like, and I'm, I'm totally willing to tell you like the, the nitty gritty, like the bad days. So you can see why I celebrate the good ones. Even if they're few and far between, like I'm going to celebrate them because that's a big fucking deal. Like three years ago, I wouldn't, like, I could not have imagined that I'd be where I'm at today three years ago. I truly cannot say I can't, I I wouldn't. And so that's why I share it the way that I do. But like, I think, yeah, we have to lead by example. And it's like, yeah, you have, you can tell people a million times but they have to want it themselves. And I think the best way for them seeing that they want it for themselves is either like me, like that one person is the catalyst and like, I knew that him and I were never going to be together like that. I, I knew that from that day forward, but it was like, he sees something in me. I want to see that in myself. He sees potential mm-hmm. that I don't see yet. I want to find out what that mm-hmm. is. I want to discover that for myself. That was my catalyst, but it could also just be this podcast, listening to me sharing my story and be like, I want to feel the same way she does. I want to experience that too. Me, whoever, um, So yeah, I think leading by by example is a really great way to put it. And yeah, I mean, I have no qualms about sharing my story. I really don't because like, you know, we always heard it it takes a village. Um, Mm -hmm. When we were little, like to raise a child, it takes a village. Like therapy is a part of that for me. Like a village doesn't have to be people. It could be things, tools. It's a a tool in my toolbox. And if I Mm -hmm. can share my resources and how I've gotten to where I am, and inspire people to do the same for themselves in whatever way that's for them. You don't have to copy me. That's why I don't agree with like the that girl trend and like all these elaborate morning routines. Don't get me wrong. I have a morning routine. Have I followed it the last two days? No. But like I have a morning routine when I feel like it. But it changes. It depends on my mood that day. But like when I do it, I feel really good. And when I don't do it, I don't feel as good. But you know what? My body needed that rest. But it's, it's a tool in my mm. toolbox that if I know I need to be productive that day, there's certain things I'm going to do that are going to get me in that mood to do them. Yeah, Therapy is yeah. one of them. And like, it is draining. It is exhausting. And add that onto everything in law school, like it's exhausting. There are days where I have, like I am known for, so every Thursday night we have a social, like I said, I, I have therapy on Thursdays now, before it used to be Mondays. But I remember there were, it always, for some reason, Thursdays for me have always been in law school, like one of the hardest days of the week. And I would notoriously have a mental breakdown every Thursday. Like I, I jokingly call them mentibees and like, and now they're about once a month. It's like my monthly Menti Like it's a, it's a thing it has to happen. And if it doesn't, it's like, okay, something, something is really wrong and it's about to be really bad. Um, but <laughs> I would literally ball my eyes out and then I'd like, that, I forget what movie it is, I think, or, well, Cheryl Blossom and Riverdale does it, but it, that, it wasn't the first time, but, like, I wipe my tears, wash my face, put makeup on, and go out, and no one would know that I had been crying that night before, except for, like, the three, like, of my closest guy friends who knew me very well to know, like, because also, like, if they would hug me, I would, like, cling on to them, and they're, like, okay, like, she needs a hug, like, we're just gonna (laughs) hug, like, you gotta go, and it's, like, it's fine, but, like, all you need sometimes is that as a hug, someone to listen, or just cry it out. Like, and that and journal if that's your thing. Journal for me, it's talking on a mic, talking to people. I've always been someone who needs to talk. But I'll, I'll talk to yeah. a wall. I'll talk out loud by myself. I look like a crazy person, but I do it because um, that helps me. And it's like I'll call my friends and be like, "Hey, like, do you have thirty minutes?" And he's like, "No," but like but like, just go, I know you're going to go anyway. And like, just, I hope, you know, like I'm not listening. I was like, that's fine. I don't need you. Like, I just need to think you're listening. And like, you just, the fact that you even answer the phone and that you're allowing me to say this to you right now, like, that's all I need. And like half the time, like Mm -hmm. guys don't actually really listen, but like the fact that, but girls, like, they're just going to want to give advice and tell you like, and help you. And it's like, I literally will call and be like, I'll spew out my whole thing. He's like, are you done? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you feel better? I was like, yeah. He's like, can I go now? I like, yeah. He's like, all right, good. Love you. Bye. I was like, okay, bye. I'm like, All I needed was him for to, to listen, to know someone gave a shit. Um, and that's something I've been yeah. working on a lot in law school is like, I need to know that someone gives a shit. But like, if you don't have that person yet, it's not that it won't happen for you and it doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It can be a friend. It could be a mentor. It could be this podcast. Like it could be your wall your pillow like whatever like I just just do it like who cares no one it's not as bad as it seems and no one actually cares like I promise Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I um I think a from everything you're, you're you've been saying and you've said in the last 45 minutes I think a good way to wrap up this episode is to emphasize the the need to prioritize yourself. And I know Ashley and I are really big about that. And obviously as a therapist, I'm big about that. Um, But I think, yeah, it's just so important because that's the only relationship you're going to have. That's forever, right? The one you have with yourself. And so you might as well try to do things that, work for you, right? And it's not going to be um, one size and not at all when it comes to taking care of ourselves or our mental health or whatnot. And so definitely, like like you were saying, like trying different things and figuring out what works for you and finding the people that care about you and that you care about them. And yeah, I just really appreciate the fact that you're so vocal about how you take care of yourself and the importance of prioritizing yourself. And um Yeah, like I said, Ashley and I are really big on that. So thank you for coming on and telling us all about your journey with mental health and um, how
2: law school impacts that. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, perfect. Well, we would love to have you back on sometime. I'm sure we could talk literally about law school yeah. and mental health and podcasts. There's and so much more I could say. Media. Like, <laughs> like literally all day, we can start a series, but we are going on her podcast next called Let's Get Candid. So make sure to listen to both of our episodes and make sure to follow her on social media. Do you want to plug your handles and website?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me at Kayla Moran on Instagram and TikTok and the app Oh, whoops, at the Let's Get Candid podcast, also on Instagram and TikTok. And I am on Spotify and Apple and Google. And my blog is KaylaMoranBlog.com. And yeah, just come chat with me. I'm an open book, as you can tell. So whenever you <laughs> have any questions or need any help or advice, just slide in my DMs. I'm always happy to
1: chat with you. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with us. I know that it can be difficult sometimes. And like, you were saying when you get out of therapy, it's a lot of emotional labor too. So it can feel kind of heavy and like draining and just tired. So I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think like to end, I think the best part about it is it is emotionally draining, but the relief you feel once you have finally moved past that, whatever was burdening you and it it can take a few sessions, it can take a few tries. But I've been calling it like a series of like unlocking memories and like, um, like realizations. And once I've like had that realization that I, like I moved past that, that weight is lifted off my shoulders. I feel so much lighter and freer. So it is draining and it is physically, mentally, emotionally exhausting, especially if you are your own support system at the beginning. Um, but Once you're doing the work, the right people in your life will come because you're setting boundaries, you're refusing to settle, which is something I really talk about a lot too. But I think you will feel so much lighter in the end and you will be so much, not just happier, but like, I think even more important than happy is just grateful that you did that like for yourself. I think that's the most important thing.
1: And that wraps up today's episode. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at because we went to Therapy. And also we linked all of Kayla's, you know, links, her website, her blog, her Instagram, all that good stuff down in the show notes. So make sure to give her a follow as well. And if you have a chance, please make sure to leave us a five-star review down on Apple Podcasts. It definitely helps out our visibility and people being able to find us so we can you know, continue to keep getting awesome guests. All right. And we'll talk to you later. Love you.
0: Love you.
1: Bye.